a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere peasants. This week on the Pete the Planner show, our guest name is Peggy, which is a brilliant fake name. Uh, things look to be going quite well for her and her husband, but uh, she has some questions of how it can go better and some possible changes on the horizon. She joins us now. Peggy, what uh, inspired you to go with the name Peggy? Uh, a couple things, I suppose. It's a, a nod to all my fellow Hamilton fans out there, you know, that uh, the underdog sister. Sure. And um, also, I guess, a little Mad Men reference as well. Yes, that's why I appreciate it. You know, I haven't seen Hamilton yet, and... I, you know, I have to be honest, I'm, I'm sure I'll like it, but I some, mm-hmm. for some reason I feel compelled to not like it. I don't know if this is like a, like a, I'm too, I don't know, but it's amazing, right? Yeah. Have you listened to the soundtrack? No. I haven't seen it either, but. Oh, no, see, I haven't, I can't do a soundtrack without any context because I'm not smart enough. So I have to watch any, anyway, I've, I've got a lot of complexities that'll never be solved. Peggy, what are we yeah. doing with you today? You're 30 something years old. Yes. I'm in my mid thirties. Um, so at this point in my financial journey, you know, I've kind of been used to always having something to strive towards, you know, did the whole like graduated college, moved to a, you know, bigger city for better jobs, paid off the student loans, bought a house, had kids, did some remodeling. Um, and so now we're kind of at a point where, you know, we're feeling pretty comfortable, but I still, you know, I'm so used to having something to reach towards. And we don't really have that right now. So, I mean, we have bigger things, but nothing that's close enough to feel more concrete. So I guess I'm just looking for a little help focusing and kind of figuring out what to do from here. Ooh, I like that. All right, so Frank, let's th- punch up the numbers here. Let's see what we got. Wow, that was that our new sound effect? I really like that. That was just like a computer sound. Uh, all right, uh, now, oh, there we go. All right, Peggy, 35. Uh, Household income of $175,000, net monthly income of $8,100, long-term savings, $336,000. You're putting $3,750 a month towards the long-term, and you got $20,000 in the bank. Next screen, Frank. No debts. Your monthly mortgage payment's $1,900. You've got a 20-year mortgage. Man, things are good. Man, it's really comfortable stuff here. Yeah, I'm not used to that. <laughs> you know, again, kind of been a, not that we've really struggled, but, you know, it's, again, the whole climbing thing started from very entry-level salaries with some debt and, uh, you know, just lots of good habits along the way, I think. Um, so I'm kind of worried about the whole, like, lifestyle creep and making sure that our savings rate stays proportional to, you know, how our salary has grown over the years. Are you suggesting you started from the bottom, now you're here? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, Nicole, I, I was hoping to hear like a laugh through the wall there. I didn't get it. <laughs> it's really disappointing. Um, so Peggy, uh, so you woke up one day and it's just like, oh my gosh, we've stabilized. I mean, that sounds like what you've described. It doesn't sound like there was one event, right? Right. Yeah. It's just kind of like, oh, wow. Now what do we do? Um, funny side note, um, you know, because we have, we've been maxing out our 401ks. Mm-hmm. And we hit the max at the end of last year. And so then that amount, you know, stopped getting taken out. And 
at the end of the year, my husband's like, did we get a bonus? Why do we have so much money in our <laughs> checking? And it's like, well, that's what it looks like without the 401k. So of the $175,000 of household income, who whose is what? Like who, who makes what? Um, I would say my husband is about, or Mr. Peggy is maybe two thirds of that. Okay. No, I got to do that. And so then, yeah, I'm the rest. Okay. And then, um, do either of you, is it mainly base pay that 175 or does that include any bonuses? Um, I think that was just the base. So bonuses might be a few thousand on top of that. It's one of those things. I mean, it is, they're pretty consistent, but I, I also don't like to count on them. What, um, hmm, this is interesting. Uh, what, what's going on family-wise? Are you, are you Mr. Peggy? Are there any little Peggies? Yes, there's two, and they are both in uh, daycare right now, but one of them is off to kindergarten yeah. later this year. So that was yeah. part of the thing is that, um, you know, with that, it's going to be kind of like a, a minor windfall. Sure. <laughs> um, freeing that up. Um, so I would like to have some kind of plan for that extra cash. That, that one's now easy. Before I, I, th- I think that one, that, that one is an easy one to solve. Are you already saving for college for, for little Peggy's? Uh, we are not a ton. I think we've been doing like 2000 a year since they've been born. And now we're doing 150 a month each just as of this year. All right. So, and you can tell me no, or this is a dumb idea, but th- this is generally what I like to do in, in this exact situation is always assign whatever the daycare cost is of a child, always to that child for their future care. So how much will be freed up in the fall when, when older young Peggy goes to kindergarten? So I'd say about a thousand a month. Okay. Because we'll still have some care costs. So that's kind of what we'll net out of what's left. I think arguably that means you could crank up 529 contributions by $500 a month per child. Now, that's true. this is not to suggest you will always grind at 500 per child in perpetuity and i just wanted mm-hmm. to use the word perpetuity because it's fun to say um yeah. <laughs> but this is to suggest like if we're going to leverage time which is the most important thing to do when you're dealing with money then by god peggy let's 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 get to grind it on this thing uh aggressively now and then if you have to pull back later you can pull back so is there any reason that that would not be what you do is there a reason you're going to try to talk me out of that um, no, I like that idea, and I'm glad you kind of brought that, you know, out of, I have kind of a handful of things that I have in mind, so I'm glad that you helped allow that to bubble up on top of the list. Um, you know, there's things like, we're happy in our house, but what if that just right house comes on the market? So it's, should we save more for if and when that happens? Um, you know, other thoughts, like, I also like the idea of financial independence. Oh, yeah. I don't know that we'd retire early, because I we like to work, but you know, having the option to not. Um, so that's kind of one thing. Maybe some, you know, random like a, a career sabbatical where we travel and live the dream. Uh, you know, save for a rental house and the old. Uh, the other thing is the basement remodel. That was kind of a, one of the things man. I had in mind also. Uh, well, so, okay, so there's, let, let's unpack some of this. Number one. Yeah. Man, where do we start here? Um, exactly. Let's that's, start, let's that's start with the, Ray, I'm glad we're talking. I, Nicole, I almost touched my face just now. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. Peggy, we're having a real big problem on the show uh, last several weeks. I, I heard. Yeah, it's funny because I was just touching my face as you said right, that. Right. So, like, we're going to get a, one of those dog cones, you know, that <laughs> dogs wear when they have surgery. And so I don't touch my face. So stay tuned on TV. I think we're going to try that next week. So then you'll just touch your cone all the time instead? 
I don't know. I don't think you should do that on the <laughs> internet. Um, okay, so <laughs> let's start with the basement remodel. Okay, so uh, this is where our re our experiences are in our, our, when I was 35, years ago, probably five years ago, we finished yeah. our basement. Okay, so we had an unfinished yep. basement. We paid $46,000 in cash. Mm -hmm. uh, people love when I talk about my financial life on here, by the way. Uh, uh, $46,000 in cash because we saved for two years to finish the basement. And we're really, yeah. and we did that, and it was one of those, if we're doing this, we're not moving anytime soon. And I, I'm guessing right. you and Mr. Peggy have had that same conversation. Yeah, it's kind of like I'm thinking we would save up and we either find a ho another house or we do the basement. I, I love that, by the way. I mean, I, I think that is the ultimate in flexibility, but you have to, you have to put a um, sort of a, a timeline on that so that you don't just continue on doing nothing in purgatory. Right. A lot of times people right. say, OK, we're going to save when we get 50 grand, we're either going to move or we're going to finish the basement. And then a year and a half later, you've done nothing. Interest rates have gone up. Housing prices have gone up and, and it really ended up being stupid. Yep. Um, can I ask you, because I've always been curious. So can you I get it conceptually, but why do you save versus just home equity? Good question. Or um, a couple reasons. Number one, I don't like the idea of using my equity as a piggy bank. That, that is to suggest to make withdrawals, right? Because if there is a correction in the real estate market and I want to move or I have to move, um, that could prevent me, the lack of equity or the, the, you know, the lessening of equity could prevent me from moving, right? Um, how much equity do you yeah. think you have in your home right now? Um, probably like 150 and that's kind of our, our challenge is because we're in such a hot real estate market that yeah. it's hard to, cause we haven't lived, like we bought our house at the bottom of the market. We haven't lived as homeowners in bad times. So I yeah. know they exist <laughs> and I know that <laughs> they'll happen, well, um, but it's hard to know from experience. So I, you know, Mrs. Planner and I bought our house in the fall of 2007, which as you know, makes me a genius. And by genius, I mean, holy crap, that was awful, right? I mean, yeah. we bought at the peak of the market. And um, I would say this, you've described you describe your situation as like really comfortable. Uh, you're hoping to push yourself further and do these sorts of things. I think the way to do that is to ask more of your income, not to ask more of your assets. And anytime you use home equity to to borrow and to you know build things, you're asking more of your assets, not more of your income. So good point. I, I think it goes against what you're trying to accomplish uh, philosophically, I guess. Right. Okay. Um, okay. So I, I, I like the idea of saying we're going to say, well, how much would your basement remodel cost? Fifty, sixty. Probably. You're in the Northeast yeah. in a hot real estate market. So 50 or 60 and that extra 50 or 60, you could stack on top of the buck 50 and then you're going into a, a buying situation with two, 225 as a down payment on whatever house you could potentially move to, right? Right. How, how long would it take you to save? Cause we're not touching that 20 in the emergency fund. Like that is off the table. Yeah. We're talking about a, a, like a fresh fitty which is actually was my nickname when I was in a hip hop group in high school. That's not true. Uh, so if, how, how long would it take you to do that? Like two years? Probably if we really tried. I mean, we're not saving a ton right now aside from what's automated and kind of the retirement and RHSA stuff. Yeah. Um, I think we can. And that's kind of the thing is we haven't really given our free cash a job, um, partially because we 
I don't want to say we're not motivated because we don't have that concrete thing in mind. Um, so, you know, right now we're not saving much. We could maybe do a couple hundred a month. But then, again, once we lose the daycare, that'll be at least a thousand. Yeah. You, you ever, do you have one of those friends who can eat whatever they want because just that's the way their body works, you know, and it just it, it angers you. I mean, this might be you. Who knows? But it just angers yeah. you because they eat like garbage, yet they stay the same shape. Do you have one of those friends? <laughs> Uh, well, Mr. Peggy. <laughs> oh, okay, so I, I don't like him, right? Yeah. And my, one of my best friends uh, lives in uh, St. Louis, like the same way, right? But here's what eventually happens. A, that catches up with that person, and at one point their body shifts, and, 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 and because they do it the same way they've always done it, they get in trouble. And so this is the, this is the, the metaphor I'm going for here. Right uh, now, um, you can eat whatever you want financially. Yeah. Whatever uh-huh. you want. At some point in time, you won't be able to, and it's going to suck, and there's going to be very little recourse. And so that's why I'm glad you're on the show, because we are trying to define, like, should we be putting another $500 a month away? And, and then how does that actually affect our lifestyle? Because you mentioned lifestyle creep. You guys are the perfect uh, example of when lifestyle creep could occur. I don't know how much it has for you, because you've done so well of accumulating assets. But it feels like you are like prime victim on the horizon for for lifestyle creep. Yes. Let's look at your long term, uh, Frank. Pull up the million dollar day here. Let's see if you keep doing what you're doing. Uh, your million dollar day, if you retire, it will, will be July fifteenth of twenty twenty seven. Okay. So just okay. after fourth of July, nine years from now. Is that the math right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, you will be a millionaire. Uh, at age 67, at, at your current pace, if you don't do anything else different than you're currently doing, you'll have $9.68 million, wow. which will have a net monthly income, a net monthly income of $22,591. And after inflation, it's $10,001 a month. So right now, your take-home pay is like 8000 something a month. <laughs> I went with month. Uh, it's going yeah. to be $2,000 more in retirement. So... So do you, do you see where we're going with this? We got some, we got some pretty intense options. Uh, yeah, and so that's where I'm also, I mean, I, I know there's calculators and stuff, but I still have trouble, um, you know, thinking about kind of the journey that we want to go on. Because, again, I mentioned that we're interested in retiring early. And, you know, if you take our, our net pay and then you kind of subtract out daycare, um, which, again, that will go into child savings and stuff for the next 15-plus years, um, and you know, ideally mortgage eventually. Yeah. Then. Yeah. So. Then we don't need that much. We got some big decisions to make, and this is why I'm so excited. I'm also excited to break some news live right here on this show. I just received an email from Money Magazine, and I have been offered a one-year subscription for just fourteen dollars and ninety-five cents. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, I, it's my lucky day. Can you imagine yeah. how much joy that would bring for me? to read someone else's financial writing for just $14 a year. Thank you, Money Magazine. Yeah. Sorry, Peggy. <laughs> um, that was condescending, but it was meant to be. Um, okay, Peggy, here's what we got to decide. I, I think okay. doing it the way you're doing it now from a long-term perspective, that uh, seems harsh. What was I, about to say? I was about to say it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, I, I don't think having $2,000 more a month at age 67 in today's dollars that you have now What's the benefit of that? Your lifestyle is already comfortable now. 
your right. other obligations would be gone by then and you have more yeah. money like who the, why the hell would you want to do that yeah but well i guess you know to give it away but sure and i think they stop working and do better things sooner okay so that's where we're going next right okay so I think we've either got to, I can't believe I'm, am I about to tell someone to stop saving so much for retirement? What's about to happen here? So. Oh my God, it feels that way. I'm nervous, sweaty, sweaty. <laughs> uh, so let's look at it from the different perspective before we tell you what to do. What, okay. could, what could wreck this whole thing? Like what could, what could mess you up? Uh, I think it's if you had huge lending costs and you had to borrow a lot of money for little Peggy's educations because you did not save enough for them now, and they capped out at the amount of student loans that they could take on, and you were forced in your 50s, I presume, to have to take on that debt for them prior to retirement. That would mess you up bad. Okay. I th- yeah, I'm, yeah. You- I'm thinking that's why we want to work at least until they're you know, graduated, just to help get rid of some of that uncertainty. How old's youngest Peggy? Uh, almost two. Okay, so we'll call her two. Sorry, I just aged her. Uh, so 20 years from now, you'd be 55. Yep. So the earliest that you conceivably would retire for this conversation is 55 years old. How old is Mr. Peggy? Uh, just a year older than me. Oh, old man. Old man. But he can <laughs> eat whatever he wants. Yeah, for now. For now. Can you express my just disdain for him later, just in a loving way? Will um, do. You know, I'm serious. Like, if I went and had a ham and cheese sandwich for lunch after this podcast right now, you would see it on me in like 10 minutes. Like, that is my body. It's really gross to think of my body. I'm sorry. Uh, now well, that's, the problem is that yeah. he is also the primary uh, food maker. So, uh, portion oh, control is, is a challenge for me. Thanks. Um, okay. Okay. So, so that's what something could go wrong, college costs. But I, we think we've got a plan as long as you work up to 55 and you get aggressive with funding it now. And again, you can always back off as you start to understand the little Peggies and what's happening in their lives when they get 10 or 11, 12 years old. Mm-hmm. What else could go wrong? I mean, death and disability, if we wanted to start talking about the fun stuff, right? I mean, th- th- that could go wrong. I assume life insurance, you've done so many other things, right? I assume life insurance is significant within your life? Yeah, so we have like a a private, I guess you'd call it, policy for term life. Okay. It's uh, 500000 each, but then we also have our employers. That I kind of figured that was like a way to diversify. That way, you know, we're not always going to have the employers, or maybe we'd have a gap in employment, and then we're covered somewhat, at least always. How much is the employer plan? I want to say each one is a few times our salaries, our individual salaries. So in my opinion, you probably have too little life insurance. Like really, okay. like you, especially based on where you live, what your incomes are, how, what you have saved for the kids, like everything else. Like if we were like, okay, this portion of your life is a 10 out of 10. This portion of your life is a 10 out of 10. Your life insurance is like a six out of 10. Like it's not okay. great. And I, while I agree with the diversification of the source, I would say this, um, it's kind of that's how it works, but I would primarily want you to have private coverage and just a little bit at work, right? So that's kind of what you have set up, but you probably need twice the amount of private coverage you have, I would think. But and here's the crazy part about this. It's really easy to go, 
Oh, that's good to know. But th that is like an important thing to fix. And it's not hard to fix. It's a pain in the neck to fix because you get stuck with a needle and you have to pee in a cup, which is really, really good imagery for everybody listening and watching. But that, but but you should do it. You, you really should okay. go um, probably a million each based on what you got going on. And and since the kids are like, just get a 20 year term policy for a million dollars each. Like that's what you would get. And then when little uh, Peggy is out of school at 22, which is 20 years from now, you won't even need the coverage anymore. Yeah. That's okay. okay. Um, disability, uh, we don't talk a lot about that on, uh, on this show, but I, I assume your husband's making two thirds of the household income. He's got a solid disability plan through work. Yeah, I don't know the exact terms, but it's kind of whatever the standard corporate stuff they do. Then it's 60% of his take home okay. pay, or 60% of his pay. Uh, in the event these and uh, goes uh, disability. Okay, so that the death and disability we've covered. We've covered kids going to college and not being able to pay for it. What else could? How about job loss? Do you worry about job loss for either of you? Either of you in an industry that could be an issue? I don't think so. I think we've got um, pretty broad, diverse skill sets, and okay. yeah, I think that's not really a concern. I do not have broad or diverse skill sets. Just <laughs> just since we're. We're being very transparent on these shows these days. Okay. Um, so I feel, okay, so, so now we're back to what could go wrong and then how does that r relate to what we're trying to do? I think you either move up your retirement goal to say age 55, which okay. let me tell you what that does. So that's 20 years from now. I'm going on the fly here, Nicole. I'm going on the fly. Look at you. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so you would have at 20 years from now, you would have $3 million. So your husband would be 56. You'd have $3 million set aside for retirement, and the net monthly in, uh, inflation-adjusted number would be $4,373 a month. Now, here's the, there's some challenges here. Number one, you will be 55, which means that uh, you won't have access to your qualified assets without doing a special IRS trick, like Rule 72T or something like that. So it's a little trickier to get to your money prior to age 59 and a half. Uh, than it is after 59 and a half just because of how tax laws are. Do you understand that? Yeah. Okay. So that's one thing. Number two, health care for at least right. a decade, which would be pretty, pretty tough. Um, and then, well, those are, the, those are the two main factors. So this is to say, and you get no social, no social security at that time either. Mm -hmm. So this is to say you couldn't just retire 20 years from now unless there was a major change made. True retirement for you, I think, is gonna be like age 62 or like 61 or something like that. Uh, so okay. let's look at that. Yeah, 26 years from now puts you at 61. You would have $6,500 a month in today's dollars inflation adjusted uh, at retirement, which is pretty darn good, right? I mean, yeah. 6,500, you would have no house payment, ideally. Please don't have a house payment then. Um, yep. <laughs> no responsibilities in terms of the kids because you're not going to enable them and, and have them be on the teat as adults. Did I just say teat on the show? <laughs> you just said teat. Do we have to label the, do we have to like put explicit now? I don't know. Without, oh. Is teat bad? It's teat? an agricultural term, right? It is. There it is. There we go. Sorry. I'm very out of sorts. Um, so yeah, I've, 61 is an amazing goal. Like I, I, I think if, if that, if that tickles your fancy, is that, does that interest you? Yeah, I mean, I always like the idea of creeping it earlier, and I think that's ultimately, I hope that's what will just kind of naturally happen. 
Um, but yeah, 61 sounds good. We just, I think the thing is making sure we're also doing something that fulfills us <laughs> along the way. Yeah. And I, okay. So which, which I think takes us to the other side of the ledger. That's why your consumer decisions, the, the threat of lifestyle creep, the idea of getting a bigger, better house, you know, the old dream, this is our dream house, this is our forever house, you know how I get going on these things. Mm-hmm. All of those things compromise your ability to make choices with your career, right? Yep. Um, and, and that's where I get nervous. Like I, I'm obsessed personally with not needing money not with having so much money that I can do whatever I want. And, and that has been culturally a major shift in my life that occurred uh, across my 20s and 30s. I used to be like, oh, I want so much money so I can do whatever, responsibly, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that way. I don't, I don't, wanna, I don't want to need money. Right, and, I agree. And I think this is actually the crossroads you're at right now, is that you, you know you don't want to need money but man, it's tempting to want to have a lot of money. Yes. Hmm. God, this is fascinating. Okay, when the other child, uh, little Peggy, two-year-old, two, two uh, almost a little two-year-old Peggy, gets out of daycare, how, was it free up another thousand? Yeah, maybe a little bit more. Um, yeah, maybe 1,500. At least 1,200 or so. Interesting. And that happens, what, three and a half, four years from now? Four years from now? Yeah, three and a half. Not that we're rushing it or counting. What? Yeah, exactly. What um, best case scenario you were to move or finish the basement? What time frame do you want that done in? Realistically, best case scenario. Best case, um, uh, maybe three years. Best case. So before kindergarten for little Peggy. Uh, uh, sure. Okay. I'm, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to three or, twist three your or arm. Four years. I don't, so, I mean, I have it in my head that, you know, once the kids are a little bigger, it might be nice to have a little more space to play. So that's sure. why I'm kind of guessing once they're both in grade school, I suppose. You know, they do only grow a couple feet. Like, yeah. I mean, you don't need that much space. I'm just, yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I don't want to try to parent explain this to you, but they don't get yeah. that big. They don't turn into I, like T-Rexes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just laughed at myself. I never have it. Okay. Um, so, um, okay. Okay. So, so this is where I'm going with this. I think you should use the freed up cash flow now to get a jump start on college. And then the next freed up cash flow from a daycare perspective to then possibly retire earlier or to deal with the midterm better. But here's the issue with that. You don't, if, if you do what I've just said, you don't have the ability to, actually, you know what? We could reverse this. We could actually take the $1,000 a month now and save it towards the down payment for the next house or the basement. And then at the next 1000 cash flow free up, use that to go to college. Now, mathematically, that's not the smart thing to do, but pragmatically, it accomplishes what you're trying to accomplish. Right. And so, as I kind of mentioned, my whole list of possibilities um, it sounds like you don't recommend the idea of kind of splitting it up, like doing half to college and half to basement savings, because then you don't get that whole uh, momentum thing. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I just don't think it it pushes. OK, so if we, great question. But I think it pushes back the date of 
everything you're trying to accomplish, right? Right. I think you're going to accomplish the college savings no matter which way we do this. Whether you go halvesies, you go all in now or all in three years from now, I think college is fine as long as you do one of those three options. But the house situation, have the flexibility to, to move, that thing is completely thrown off by five or pushed out five to six years if you go halvesies. Yeah. Uh, you can give yourself the flexibility to make a decision if you take the freed up cash flow in uh, this fall and really try to have 50 grand saved by the end of a 24 month period. Like if you can do that, which I think is super realistic mm-hmm. with bonuses and just like when you get extra money and you have a goal, that extra money is informed by the goal. Yes. Right. Like, that's what I don't have right now is, well, the goal. So, so okay, I, I will say technically what I've just told you to do mm-hmm. doesn't make as much sense as saving for college first, but, but pragmatically, it's what I would tell you to do. And it's, I think, probably what I would end up doing would be to use this first cash flow increase to bring you housing flexibility and use the next cash flow increase three years from now to, to solidify college planning. Okay. I like it. There, there's another risk. <laughs> if interest rates rise, which they're going mm-hmm. to rise, that yeah. definitely changes the shape of the dollar as to what you can afford from a housing perspective. Mm-hmm. But I think that also will, will, will dampen housing prices too, right? Because there'll yeah. be fewer buyers. Yeah. Huh. What could you sell your house for right now? Low for low to uh, probably yeah, low four hundred. And what would be the, the next house ideally? Like, how much do you think it would cost right now if you were to go? Um, to- I would probably say low to mid five hundreds. I wouldn't want to do more than five fifty, five seventy five ish. Would you do a twenty year mortgage again? Um, I'd have to. I don't know. Yeah, probably. I probably should. It's really weird because you've got so much flexibility, but you've got some pretty big goals that you almost risk the flexibility if you try to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I need to focus. Do you think Mr. Uh, Peggy would be down with the plan that we put together with uh, this fall? You use that money for housing flexibility and then the next cash flow increase three years from now towards college. Do you think he'd be down for that? Yeah, I think so. Do you call the shots? I get this feeling you call the shots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as far yeah. as this goes, yeah. Yeah. So he trusts me, and he just kind of uh, goes along with it. But right. yeah, I'm sure he'll be very interested in listening to the show and be like, "Wow, we saved that much." Especially when I insult him. So that was good. Yeah. Um, what, anything else I can answer for you? Um, trying to think here. So, I guess going back to college savings, yeah. I think you mentioned five twenty nine. Yeah. I don't even know at this point how eligible will be for Roth. It kind of, we don't, we won't know until the end of the year based on income. Um, do you, what do you think about that as a college savings vehicle? Um, I think, I, I, I think 529 is better for how I like to do it. And I also have to say, of course, I am a paid endorser of 529 plans. So I don't want you to think I'm telling you that because of that, but it's important to okay. disclose. Um, I think Roth is a good second option. I think you'll very quickly be priced out of Roth anyway, based on income. So to start one and do it for one year just sort of seems weird. Okay. Um, and I'm looking in the state in which you live. Do you guys have tax state tax credits or anything like that? 
It's very small. Yeah, I'm looking right now. Uh, it's I like, yeah. I think it's like a thousand. No, oh, here it is. Yeah, single. Or two thousand. Uh, yeah, married persons filing jointly may claim up to two thousand dollars state income tax credit. I mean, that's not bad. It's better than a, a kick in the teeth. Yeah, and that's new. I'm I'm still happy to have it. Yeah. No. Hope it gets better. Yeah. No, I, I would I would go 529. If you made less money, I'd go Roth. But I, I think it would just be you'd have it for one year and then it was like 5,500 bucks in there and then who cares? Yeah. So uh, anything okay. else? You good? Um, so the one other thing, you know, I'm entertaining the idea. It used to be one of those kind of like way off on the horizon, but now I can almost see it as more of a reality is um, maybe in the next few years, I would want to kind of go off out on my own and do freelance work instead oh, cool. of, you know, getting the old W-2 employee. So I don't know, or whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you have any general guidance as far as, I don't know, just how to start learning about that. I mean, <laughs> I know there's the whole side gig route, but just in terms of like business guidance, tax stuff, whatever, yeah. anything to keep in mind there. I, I always think that you can use this time to, to test the model, right? To, mm-hmm. to, to, to to, to side gig a little bit, not for the money, not to steal the client later, but just to see if you like it, right? Because working for someone else and, and, and using a skill is much different than working for yourself and using the same skill. Um, and oddly enough, and I'm not kidding, sometimes when people just have to do it themselves, even in a freelance capacity, which always sounds glamorous and sexy, they hate it. They yeah. hate it. So I, I would just test proof of concept before anything else. Um, and then from there, it, 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 you're sort of informed by how much you like it. Um, that's not the most detailed advice ever, but it's such a hypothetical right now. I'd rather just have you back on the show. All right. Sounds like a plan. All right. Um, I'm a, one last note. I'm wearing a lady scarf today. You don't happen to be, have a lady scarf on as I talk to you today, do you? I do not. I usually do. So I didn't, yeah. didn't know that was the plan. Well, that's, we, I didn't call you. We, should, we were going to plan outfits. Yeah, so. we could have coordinated. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks for being on the show. Best of luck to you. Keep us posted, please. Will do. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. If you want to be on the show, be on the show. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Oh, the instructions. I ask nothing of you generally, and I don't want you to buy anything from me, which is what people say when they want you to buy something, but I really don't. Uh, Subscribe to the show at PeteThePlanner.tv. Go to PeteThePlanner.tv, click the subscribe button, and subscribe to the show. Uh, Comment on the show, uh, the videos. Go to iTunes and subscribe, but more importantly, leave us a review, preferably five stars. Uh, And then say comments, things like, nice lady scarf, Palio. Do those things. I'm done for today. I'm gonna stop talking, so show's over. You go do what you need to do. I'm gonna go have some lunch. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money right, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Released from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me ET or to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh.
salutations. I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, trying can restore your health. I bring you greetings, uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home. Filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol. Stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed. Glide with ease, creating a breeze. They call a black hole event horizon. No rear view concerns. This I adjourn. In beats I burn. This I adjourn. In beats I burn. Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, trying can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?